Blog Talk Radio. Do you watch Fox News all day? Are you dizzy from conservative spin? Are you a birther or teabagger? You might be suffering from a condition called barachnophobia. If so, the only cure is Liberal Dan Radio. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Warning, Liberal Dan Radio is not a substitute for doctor's advice. Severe cases of barachnophobia may require psychiatric help. This may prove expensive if Republicans repeal health care. Listening to Liberal Dan Radio may cause you to embrace things like facts, logic, and reason. If these symptoms last for more than four hours, you have been cured. For more information, go to liberaldan.com. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. Uh, you can also join us in the chat room that I'm just about to open at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Uh, you can also, from that page, Skype into the show if you want to call in via Skype. And finally, if you're listening after the live broadcast, uh, you can always leave your comments, questions, or concerns on the show thread at liberaldan.com. Um, lots of stuff to talk about today, lots of uh, election stuff. Obviously, the show is going to be mostly a presidential election through the end of the year. Of course, the other issues will come up. You know, the races will be available to talk about, um, but a lot of this, a lot of what's going to go on is going to be about the presidential election, and I'm hoping to expand a lot of my um, media to, to devote more time to doing some videos as well as some, as well as doing the podcast every week. So just uh, stay tuned for that. Follow the Twitter account. Twitter account. I am sure you will be able to uh, find it there. Uh, one thing I do want to say before I get into the base of the show is that uh, I had an interesting uh, Uber ride while I was driving around somebody with Uber and it was a very good conversation that we were having, and, and I might talk about the details of that if I have time at the end of the show, uh, but one of the things that was pointed out is that um, one thing that you could really do to help the show out that costs you nothing is just go up, give it an upvote. Subscribe to it on iTunes and give it an upvote, and that might give a lot more uh, recognition to the show, maybe attract more people, more listeners, and that would could be a way to then getting more advertisers and stuff like that. So anyway... Want to start off the show there? If you want to help start, it's one of the best ways you can help the show. You can also go to the GoFundMe page that's linked to on the front page of liberaldan.com, and also on each show thread, I have a link to that uh, funding as well. So, anyway, but now as we start off every week for this week's headline In international news, Ireland is setting up so people can become refugees if Donald Trump is elected president. I am wondering if that includes people from states that voted for him. In science news, a 15-year-old saw that Mayan temples matched up constellations perfectly on the map. However, he noticed that one was missing, which led him to guessing that there should be one at a specific location on the planet, which he found, and they looked at the satellites, and they saw that, yes, there was a temple there that nobody knew about. 
Why he is not more famous than Donald Trump shows what is wrong with this world. In news of the horrible, George Zimmerman successfully sold the gun he used to murder Trayvon Martin. Be very disgusted. In entertainment news, Kit Harrington revealed that he had shared the fate of Jon Snow with a police officer who had pulled him over for speeding. At least he didn't pull him over for the watch. Though, since he was aware of the fate of the character, I guess you could say that Jon Snow did know something. And finally, Paramount is suing the fan-created film project Axanar, even though it's a not-for-profit venture, uh, for using the language of Klingon, claiming that it was a copyrighted work. Legal briefs have been fired on behalf of the Axanar producers, saying that while one can copyright works in a language, that you cannot copyright the language itself. To the makers of Axanar, I say kapla, trat. Now they're going to sue me too. And that was this week's headlines. So, starting off the show discussing uh, Donald Trump, because that's the main topic of the show. Sometimes I'll wait to the main topic of the show until after, you know, the bottom half of the hour. But let's just go ahead and start with Trump so I can get talking with Trump over with for the hour. He, during the presidential election, or at least the, the Republican primary, said a lot of things. He said a lot of things. And, you know, women should be punished uh, if they get an abortion. He gave an economic proposal. He talked about building a wall. He talked about, you know, making sure that Muslims can't come across our borders, you know, putting an end to Muslims immigrating to this country until we figure out what's going on or whatever. So he said all these things, and a lot of things were things he were saying that people don't want to say. And, and I haven't discussed this with the abortion issue before, that you don't typically see Republicans stating that the woman getting the abortion should be the one that gets punished. It's almost always the doctor who gets punished. And even though they say that abortion is murder, they don't just say if a doctor performs an abortion, he shall be tried under murder statutes. No, they give it a separate punishment, even though they claim it's murder. I guess it's kind of getting their foot in the door. They can get away with that. Then they can increase the punishment later. Or maybe they just really don't think that and just want to get it banned. Or maybe they don't even want to get it banned and they just want to be ridiculous and have it as an issue so they can fundraise. Lots of different possibilities there. But you know, but in his interview with Chris Matthews on MSNBC, Donald Trump said that women should be punished for having an abortion. He has now Trump has now walked this back. He is now saying that you know it's self punishment that when women get an abortion that they they punish themselves over it. Now some people may feel bad for doing it. I know somebody who had an abortion who felt bad about it afterwards. I think she more felt badly about it because we had argued about it and she said she would never do it. And then she was faced with the situation and she did it. Um, I didn't judge her. She's fine. You know, she was never in that situation. And 
when she was in that situation, she had to make the choice that was best for her. Of course, I'll support her. Um, but no one listening to that Trump interview believe, will, will, should believe that that's what he really meant, that women punish themselves over their abortion. No. He said that there has to be some sort of punishment for the woman. Has to be. So now there doesn't have to be, apparently. So he walked that back, or he crawfished on that. But it's what? Um, they're discussing uh, he walked back well, on February 14th, he walked back an attack on George Bush. Um, he has May 5th, uh, it was reported that his only detailed uh, economic proposal uh, that he suggested, um, what's that look? I'll get to that in a second. Um, he said he wants to crack down on China trade, um, but he's been uncharacteristically detailed. He, his campaign released a tax reform plan in September, that exactly how he would lower tax rate on businesses and individuals. Uh, when he claimed that he would give the middle class major tax relief while making hedge fund managers pay, um, and analysis found that most benefits would accrue to the wealthiest 1%, leaving very little for everything else. Um, and then when pressed on those details in CNBC, at CNBC um, he walked it back. Uh, so there's two. Um, Three, if you count the Bush thing, he's even walked back the Muslim ban. Um, CNN reports six days ago that uh, his ban on on Muslims coming in the country is just a suggestion. So even if it's not a complete crawfishing, even if it's not walking it back. Totally, it's at least walking it back a little because now he's saying it's just a suggestion. Just like suggestions. Like there was a time, changing the subject completely, there was a time where I was at Shoney's one day and there was a thing on for advertising, a piece of apple pie. And on, on that advertisement, on the little placard on the table for the piece of apple pie, it says um, 50, for 50 cents you can add a slice of American cheese. To your, to your apple pie. And I asked the manager to come over and I said, how many people have actually ordered a piece of American cheese on their apple pie? And he didn't have the answer for me. I was like, does anybody do it? It doesn't seem to be something that, that's very tasty. And he said, oh, well, it's just a serving suggestion. <laughs> so, suggestion. So, that's what I feel about suggestions. Some suggestions are just horrible. Of course, obviously, Donald Trump's suggestion of the Muslim ban is much worse than putting American cheese on an apple pie, but suggestions can be horrible, too. That's three or four now. So, And there's been many other things that he's walked back, many other things that he's said that he would do um, but now he's either changing his mind or changing his tune. And not like the, you know, there's, there's a difference between, you know, you say something 
and you can make it kind of sound absolutist. But then when you move to the general election, you, you make it a little more moderate. Like Barack Obama, when he campaigned, he was saying about how we needed to get out of Afghanistan, and that's what we needed to do. But then during the presidential campaign, he's like, we do need to get up to Afghanistan, but we need to do, do it carefully and responsibly, which is fine. He's still not changing the fact that we need to get, get out of Afghanistan, but he's, he's expanding the, the how of how it would be done instead of just, say, making the blanket statement that needs to be said for, for, the general, for the primary election purposes. This you know, he's not lightning. He's not saying, oh, well, I only want people who are on the watch list or people who are coming from particular countries. No, it's, he's still, he hasn't changed what the suggestion is. He's just saying that is, quote, just the suggestion. So he's not, you know, softening the stance. He's not making it any better. So, so I'm wondering if I should take the over or the under. Well, first we've got to know what the over is. You know, will the over be six? Will the over be ten? How many times will the obviously the the under has to be more than four? So let's say the, let's say the under is six, and let's say the over is twenty. I think I'd still take the over. I think I'd still put money on the over. I think I would still say that Donald Trump is going to probably change his mind on at least twenty things that he has said over the course of the campaign. And he very well, that very well could include multiple changings of one thing. Like he might say, okay, well, I feel like this about abortion today. And then now I feel, oh, well, it's self-punishment. And then maybe, you know, five, four months down the road, yeah, it's enough time. Four months down the road, he might be looking at the primaries like, oh, you know what? They, they really do need to be actually punished. I'm, I'm walking it back again. To walk back, a walk back. Is that moonwalking at this point or, or is it a walk front and two devil negatives make us positive um is this is crawfishing become something else crabbing i don't know and speaking of which like i, I heard the term crawfishing before but i never actually had seen it in my life like i never but i was cooking crawfish uh, a couple of weeks ago and actually I sprayed some water on them, rinsing them out, and I saw just one just dart backwards. I was like, whoa, that's crawfishing. There you go. So that's that. Let's go ahead and take the first commercial break, and we can come back and take your calls as well. The phone number is 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. And this is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out Budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? 
Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on ROJS Radio Live with your girls, Monica RW, and Autumn F. I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job search, unemployment, and more from independent laugh, sanity-based point of view. So, tune in. ROJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. To join uh, the conversation on the chat room, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. You can also Skype from the Blog Talk Radio page. Finally, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc., over on the show thread at liberaldan.com. Before I get to the uh, Nevada, because that that may very well be what I talk about at the bottom half of the hour. Um, So I got a couple of people with whom I was being critical on Twitter. And, and, you know, despite the fact um, that, um, despite the fact you know, that I've said repeatedly that I would vote for whoever wins the Democratic nominee, including Bernie, um, you know, when, I, when you tell somebody the truth about Bernie Sanders and his chances of winning, oh, they get pissed. I was flat out called a paid Republican troll on my personal account. Uh, this other last yesterday, um, I was having a discussion about the election and how how somebody was calling it a, a tie, a statistical tie. And like statistical tie is kind of something that's usually referred to when you're talking about polling. So two people like poll within like a couple of percentage points is a statistical tie because the polls are within the margin of, you know, margin of error. But in the election, if somebody wins more delegates, that's a win. Even if it's, even if even if even if it's close like maybe a percentage point away from each other it's not a tie it's a win and you know the people are trying like what is it bernie insisted on saying the bernie campaign and supporters were insisting that bernie sanders tied clinton despite getting less delegates in massachusetts then later on, the Bernie Sanders campaign tried to say that they won in another state because they had more votes, even though they only got the same number of delegates. 
And now they're wanting to say that Kentucky, again, was a tie, even though Hillary got more delegates, but close on the percentages. And I think there was another state where Bernie flat out said he won, despite the fact that there was the same number. Like, they wouldn't say that it was a tie. So it's only a tie when Bernie's losing. If Hillary's winning, if if Bernie is losing or tied, then it's a tie. If Hillary's winning, it's a tie. If, If Bernie's winning, it's a loss. It's how the math works. And so somebody tried to say that I didn't understand statistics. Of course, I tried to ask her what the margin of error was when the sample size is 100%. She didn't have an answer for me on that. Um, and this, so this person called me a so-called Republican. Of course, I had to respond to her. And you can sort of follow all this if you follow me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. Um, so to her, A, I registered no party, so I'm not a Republican. B, I think Bernie is great and would have enthusiastically support him, ha- supported him had he won. C, he won't win. And of course, conversation kind of ended there. Um, one thing that I would say is maybe almost a tweet of the week. Jeffrey Wright, if Bernie wins 60% of the remaining pledged delegates, while 60% of unpledged now with Hillary Rodham Clinton switch to him, he still loses. Dems, what are we doing? This is, I guess, to just highlight the hopelessness that this pit, uh, this insurmountable lead that Hillary Clinton has gotten. Um, And and it it is, it's insurmountable. But there's one thing that I really wanted to talk about. Um, So Sean King, somebody you know, very, you know, famous liberal person writes for the New York Daily News. I kept saying wrongly saying New York Post, New York Daily News. On May 11th at like 10 p.m. or something, sometime late that night. Important, all caps. The man who murdered Trayvon is peddling something awful. Don't share it. Don't make it viral. Don't click on it. Okay. So that's what he said, May 11th. May 12th at 6.35 a.m., less than 10 hours later, Sean King says, our team tried hard to make a cover truly fitting of this monster, a disgusting human being. So it says, gun of a bitch. Of course, the eye is replaced with a gun, and there's a picture of Trayvon Martin in his hoodie, and there's a big old picture of George Zimmerman on the front, referring to the fact that George Zimmerman had put his gun up for sale. So the first thing I said when I responded to Mr. King was because I had only because I'd seen somebody else share that and I was like, nope. On the Facebook page, I was a little more blunt, but I was like, nope, I am not going to listen to you, Sean King. I believe we should shine a light on racism, especially that murderous idiot whenever you can. So clearly I disagree with him that we shouldn't tell people, look, this guy is doing this horrible thing. Let's make sure to let people know. 
so not only did he did he have it wrong on whether or not we should be sharing this information with people, he then makes it viral by making it the front page of the New York Daily News. It's ridiculous. I need to do a fat man rant. I haven't done one of those in a while. I haven't done a YouTube video in a while, but I think I need to make a fat man rant, fat man rant on that. Because, oh my goodness, the hypocrisy is astounding. How do you not see that hypocrisy? Ten hours later. Ridiculous. So that's my rant about Shaka. Then you got H.A. Goodman, who's an author, who often posts on Huffington Post, and I've been criticizing him a lot, too, because he's ridiculous. Um was it someone told the Dem establishment Bernie Sanders forced a contested convention? The world will be watching choose wisely superdelegates. It only becomes a contested election if nobody wins the first ballot, which is likely that first ballot will be a technicality because Hillary Clinton at that point will have gotten a majority of the pledge delegates and a majority of the superdelegates. So if the majority of the pledge delegates and the majority of the superdelegates all support Hillary Clinton, not sure how much of a contest that is there, H.A. Goodman. And then how does Bernie Sanders convince the superdelegates to vote with him? When he said all along that superdelegates should be voting with the people, with the states that they, that, that they belong to. Nope. So then what he said, the best part of watching people defend Hillary Rodham Clinton is hearing, quote, all politicians lie all politicians take Wall Street crash. Well, Bernie proves that isn't true. I said, it is true, though. He said superdelegates should vote with the states, and now he wants them to vote against the states. So therefore, that's a lie. The cry of indignation will be heard throughout the galaxy when HRC receives indictments. All good Bernie can type an email without the FBI. Uh, yours, and my response was, you assume that the indictments are a guarantee and that the inquiry is not just due diligence after GOP witch hunt. So here's, here's my deal now. Let me go into a little bit more detail on that. And that might also be either a, a blog post soon or a um, either a blog post or a video. Um, the idea is that is the FBI investigating Hillary Clinton because something was actually done that was wrong? Um, or did they do it to make sure that nobody could claim that the FBI wasn't doing the due diligence after the GOP witch hunt? Because GOP have been, they've already admitted, you know, people have already admitted that the purpose of the Benghazi hearings, especially Trey Gowdy's, because the Republican-led Benghazi committee that was not Trey Gowdy's committee uh, basically said that there was no wrongdoing with Benghazi. So you have the FBI coming in, and you know you have the end of the administration. You don't want to leave it on a bad note. And that during the election, you don't want during the election time. You don't want to hear, well, Hillary Clinton did something with the servers, with her emails, and nobody investigated it. 
So the FBI didn't do their due diligence. So there's still a question out there as to whether or not they did it. And the, and the Republicans can just keep saying, look, the FBI never investigated this. This is obviously bad. It would be a campaign issue, the entire campaign. Now, regardless of what happens, I'm not kidding myself, this will be a campaign issue, the entire campaign, regardless of what the FBI does. However, it will be less effective. Because if, as I suspect, she didn't do anything wrong, guess what? The FBI could then be shown to say, look, we investigated the claims. We have not found her to have purposely have broken the law or to have been or have broken the law with negligence or what have you, um, risking our secrets to the world. We, we have not found that to happen at all. Therefore, we are not going to indict her. We are going to we are clearing her of any wrongdoing. And we just wanted to make sure that we weren't playing favorites, that we were doing our due diligence. We were making sure that you know, all of our I's were dotted and our T's were crossed. So that's where I'm at with this whole whole email gate. Even though I hate the whole gate thing, because you know it was gate doesn't make it something a, a conspiracy or a or a problem. You know the Watergate was a hotel, just like. Something alcoholic. You're not a chocoholic. You don't eat chocohol. You're a chocolate addict. But anyway, people like H.A. Goodman repeating Republican talking points, which is another bizarre thing that lots of Bernie Sanders do. They just like to repeat the Republican talking points instead of you know challenging them. You know, one of the things that a lot of the people that I know who are supporting Hillary like about Hillary is the fact that she stood up against Republican attacks for the entirety of her career in national politics. And because of this, it shows that she can stand up to them when she's president, too. It's one of the things I like about her. One of the things, reasons I would have, happily support her if, if, if she becomes the nominee, when she becomes the nominee. Because um, it's Bernie's not winning. It's just not going to happen. So anyway, let's go ahead and... Uh, Take the next commercial break, and then we're going to um, – no, that's not what I want to listen to. That's the wrong one. I want to um, – uh, this is being stupid. All right, so let's go ahead and pause that or stop that. All right, now let's go ahead and take the news block break, and we'll be back taking your calls as well. Phone number is 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Independent News, a production of Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. 
A new labor rule expanding overtime pay to 4.2 million workers has been finalized by the U.S. Labor Department. The rule affecting salaried workers raises the income threshold for overtime eligibility from $23,660 to $47,476 per year. Now, the rule changes allowed under the Fair Labor Standards Act, which was designed in part to protect workers from being worked long hours without overtime pay. In 1975, 60% of salaried workers qualified for overtime, but inflation and a weakening of the labor protection under George W. Bush has led to just 7% of salaried workers getting overtime today. The new rule takes effect December 1st. As a citizen, I don't ever want to give up my rights to a trial by jury or to my judicial system, period. Former WeWork employee Tara Zumer on why she's fighting back against a forced arbitration agreement imposed on WeWork employees. When Tara refused to sign the waiver of her legal rights, WeWork fired her. So she's fighting that firing and other alleged violations of labor law by WeWork. She says she is determined to do all she can to continue to fight to assert her labor rights and her right to recourse in the judicial system. By signing this, you're giving away your ability to fight back later, really. And this is just a privatization of the court system, ultimately, which is terrifying words to put together and say. (laughs) But that's really what's happening out there. So I urge everyone to just fight back and stand up for yourself also talk to each other. It's really important. I've found there are still other employees that I'm still helping that are former employees from this company as well, and we've done it together. Forcing employees to sign arbitration agreements, waiving their rights to class action lawsuits and other judicial due process is emerging as a huge issue for workers. Corporations are using these forced arbitration procedures to block workers' court rights while passing them off to employees as standard employment policy. The CWA and IBEW have agreed to accept the help of a federal mediator in efforts to resolve the Verizon strike. The unions represent roughly 39,000 striking workers. Mediation meetings will be held in Washington, D.C., following a Tuesday meeting with U.S. Labor Secretary Tom Perez. Verizon and the unions have agreed not to speak publicly about the strike while these mediation sessions are being held. Workers Independent News is brought to you with support from union-owned and represented Bank of Labor, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Bank of Labor is the bank with products and services designed to serve the needs of unions and their members. More info online at bankoflabor.com. Workers Independent News is heard daily on The Rick Smith Show, live 3 to 6 p.m. coast-to-coast at therickmithshow.com. The Rick Smith Show, where working people come to talk. You've been listening to Win Workers Independent News. For more information, visit laborradio.org. Welcome back to Little Dan Radio. Top to the last, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. You can also join the chat room. Click the Skype button in on the Blog Talk Radio page. Or if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can join us over at liberalband.com on the show thread and leave your comments, questions, or concerns there. Uh, so far, we're talking about whether or not you should take the over or the under uh, on Trump. If I put the over at 20 and the under at 6, I think I'd probably still take the over. Even if it was 20 and 10, I think I'd still take the over on whether or not um, Trump is going to – how many things Trump is going to walk back, uh, things that were said in the primary or until certain point, and then uh, how many times is he going to then walk things back over the course of this election? I think 20 is a very conservative estimate, and I think that's a safe over 
think a casino putting 20 as an over is going to lose a lot of money if they were actually to bet on that. Um, so we got that. We talked about a little bit. Um, so Nevada. So let's just explain. Now, you know, a lot of people might be saying, if you don't pay that much attention, you might say, I thought Nevada, Hillary won the Nevada caucuses. Well, she did. And winning the Nevada caucuses caused her to gain a certain amount of votes, a certain amount of delegates to the convention. And those are safe, and those are fine, and those are not going to be touched. However, those caucuses also went to county caucuses, and those county caucuses set up, you know, maybe about lots of people got together and decided who was going to win those county caucuses. Well, it turns out Sanders won the county caucuses. Then you got to the national convention, which were the meeting of all the delegates from the county caucuses met at the national convention. They did things like choosing who was going to be the representative of Nevada Democratic Party to the National Democratic Party, um, choosing, you know, you know, the rules that would go on for that day and, you know, choosing who would get the remainder of the delegates. And Hillary, even though Bernie won the county caucuses, Hillary won this by a very teeny tiny little amount, like less than 70 votes, and wound up getting an additional seven to his five, so a net gain of two that Hillary was able to increase her lead by, at least from that state, even though she lost Oregon. So, now, and her losing Oregon, we'll get back to her losing Oregon in a second and what that means for Bernie Sanders. Let's talk, there's, ever since it happened, I had people throwing stuff on my personal Facebook page. I've been seeing other people post things about it. There are videos of yelling just yelling in the comment convention. You can't really even tell what's going on. It's just yelling. People being very disruptive. And I was waiting to, you know, I was like, look, if, if the Nevada Party, the Nevada Democratic Party officials did wrong, I'll be the first person to criticize them. Well, I may not be the first person to criticize them, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll get right in line to criticize them. Can I back that statement up without actually confronting them for doing wrong? Sure. I think I can easily. All you have to do is look at what I did when the Louisiana Democratic Party endorsed unrepentant convicted felon Edwin Edwards for Congress. I even said ahead of time, I said, look, I said, look if, the, if the Democratic Party of Louisiana endorses unrepentant convicted felon Edwin Edwards, I will leave the party. Done. And as I said before on this podcast, I thought that was the safest statement that I could be. There was no way in hell that they would. And then they did it. And I had, I, I immediately went online, saw what I needed to do to change my voter registration. You could do it online. So I did. And guess what? And I registered no party because I, because I was critical of the decisions that were made by the Louisiana Democratic Party. And I did that, mind you. No, I don't know why I'm pointing again. No one can see me. I did that knowing full well that it would mean that I can't vote in the Louisiana Democratic primary for president. Fine. I knew that. So I went and I'm trying to find 
items, information about this. Very hard. Very hard indeed. Why? Because there's a lot of information out there on blogs from, you know, people who are very angry Bernie Sanders supporters who are giving their version of what happened, but I'm not totally sure that it's true. I'm not, I'm, I, I think that there's some misinformation. I don't, I don't know if it's purposeful misinformation or not, but I think there are, you know, like the telephone game. You play telephone, you whisper some words into somebody's ear, and that goes around those, you whisper, 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 whisper. And at the end of the circle, the first, last person says, well, this is what I was told. And that sometimes winds up being completely different than what was originally said. So because of that, it happens on the, on the internet. And, you know, people hear one thing, read one thing, interpret it wrong, and then repeat it wrong. And then somebody else hears that and interprets it wrong. And, so on and so forth. So why did I, you know, obviously it's possible that, that shenanigans could have happened. But, you know, besides the fact that we presume innocence of people in this country, or we should be, there's also just the idea of, you know, when you find out what, what, what actually would have happened had Bernie Sanders voters gotten their way about certain members who were certain people who came to the delegation. Um, so there's 12 total delegates up for grabs. Had the Sanders people gotten their way for the people that were not allowed to come into the convention, it means Sanders would have won a majority and Clinton would not have. So Sanders would have gotten seven and Hillary would have gotten five as opposed to Hillary getting seven and Sanders getting five. So a swing of two. Bernie Sanders would have had two more votes. So in the grand scheme of things, two, two delegates is not a lot. Grand scheme of things, looking at the lead that Hillary Clinton has in this nomination, she didn't need to cheat to get those two if she would have lost that process, she would have, Bernie Sanders would still need a ridiculous number of pledge delegates, of the remaining pledge delegates, to actually win. And so the smell test just doesn't seem to pass. Why would they go through so much effort to? just for two delegates. That's even worse than the conspiracy theories by over New York. So 64 Bernie Sanders delegates were initially denied entry and disqualified from convention of being the delegates. Eight of them challenged it and did so successfully to a point where Clinton actually had a 33 delegate margin over the Sanders delegates. So the convention had a bidding early because there were security issues and they were mad about that. Um, there's no clear evidence that Sanders, Hillary supporters were saying that the Sanders supporters threw a chair. 
I haven't seen a video of someone actually throwing a chair. I did see a video of a chair in the air. Um, and one of the biggest things here that I've seen is that there were 700 pledged or statewide delegates that could have come to the convention on behalf of Sanders who did not. Hillary Clinton managed to get like 98% of her delegates to the convention, while Bernie Sanders only got 60 or 70% of his delegates to the convention, meaning that even though he won the county, the county ballots, he was not able to get the enough people there to, um, to actually win the overall vote. So I'll get into that into a brief second, but the Facts page uh, says Sanders campaign manager, Jeff Weaver, uh, says that Nevada proud Democratic Party leaders hijacked the process in the floor, ignoring regular procedure, ramming them through what they want to do. Caucus and delegate math can be incredibly confusing, and the arcane party structures don't reflect how most people assume presidential selection works, but the house of unfairness and corruption by the Sanders campaign during Nevada State Senate Democratic Convention can't change the simple fact that Clinton supporters simply turned out in larger numbers and helped her solidify her delegate lead in Nevada. There's no clear evidence that the party hijacked the process or ignored regular procedure we rate this claim false. So there you have it. Um, and until given any other information that's compelling otherwise, I'm going to just side with Solidifax and say, look, it, it is likely just more whining and sore losers who just are just angry at the fact uh, that Hillary Clinton beat them yet again. And instead of, you know, taking personal responsibility and putting the blame where it's supposed to be, it has to be the fault of someone else. I'll talk about that a little bit more when I come back from the break um, and some other reasons, you know, issues, criticisms with the Bernie Sanders campaign that go beyond just the South. Taking your calls as well, 347-838-8368. That's Eric. That's 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk to the left. That's right. representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands-on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504-528-9500. That's 504-528-9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs. So should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story? Well, with Origami Owl, you can do just that. An Origami Owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends, hang out, and design jewelry. There is no pressure to buy, but when you host a party, either in person or online, you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase. If you would be interested in holding a party, either online or in person, go to cassiezcharms.origamiowl.com. That is C-A-S-S-I-E-Z charms.origamiowl.com and contact Cassie today.
And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zeruin, coming up to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. Discussing uh, Sanders supporters and and what happened in Nevada. And pretty much at the the end of that last segment, talking about what happened, um, you know, and what's happening in general with Bernie Sanders and his campaign and the supporters. Now, before I get into that in a second, I do want to remind everybody that I do have a new website out. It's called... Uh, rideshareDan.com. It's very in its infancy. I'm going to be posting something later tonight that I sent a letter that I sent to one of the council persons uh, in Jefferson Parish pertaining their discussions of an ordinance about ride sharing in Jefferson Parish. Um, if you want to check that out, you go to rideshareDan.com. I'm also planning on, on um, besides doing the fat man rant post, probably get that done later today, the FBI wrongdoing um, over, you know, or if you guys researching wrongdoing on Hillary Clinton, I'll probably put that up as well. Um, and I have a couple of posts that are probably going to put up on nerdydan.com as well. Uh, so if you want to check those out later, um, please go ahead and do so. I definitely want to promote those sites a lot too, get some traffic going all those different places because I think, you know, I have a lot of stuff I want to do and I just want to get ahead and start doing it. <laughs> so anyway, so part of, you know, the Sanders campaign has been, as, at the most part, really well run. And the fact that they went from having almost no national recognition, I mean, 4% recognition at the start. And I'll say, I was, I'll, I'll be the hipster and say, I liked Bernie Sanders before it was cool. Um, so... Although I don't begrudge people for, for liking Bernie Sanders now, just for liking Bernie Sanders. Now, the way that some people act on their like of Bernie Sanders, is that's a completely different thing altogether. But, you know, there's a little bit of whininess going on now. And I understand, you know, and I'm trying to always, you know, one of the things I try to teach my son is that he needs to be a good loser. You know, you know I don't hold back a lot. Uh, when I play like a video games and stuff like that, because he needs to learn that he can lose and that it's okay to lose and that you should lose graciously. Now he's not going to be learning that at all. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like he'll be learning that at all from little league because he's just started little league and he's not the best on the team. There's a lot of good players on this team and he's pretty new to playing it. But I mean, their team won tonight, like, 10 to 1 or 11 to 1. And he, even though you know, he was 1 for 2 with his RBI single and a run. So he, it's good. They're doing pretty darn well um, as a team. And I don't see them losing much over the course of this season. And they can only get better. And if this team gets better, they're going to be just destroying the rest of the league. Um, anyway, but I'm sure. Point here is that I'm trying to teach him to be a good loser and to be a good winner. And I would hope that at the end of the day that the Hillary Clinton people will be good winners as well. But you can only be a good winner so much as much as they allow, uh, the losers allow you to be. Because if the losers are being horrible and terrible to you for winning, it's hard to just, you know, okay, fine, I understand you're upset. Sometimes you got to stand up and say, look, you're being ridiculous. But which kind of puts me in an interesting place because I was not supporting either of the candidates during the primary, so I think I'm in a perfect place to criticize both. 
for being good, bad, bad losers and sore winners. But, you know, the, the campaign was done really well. You got a lot of people, you got a lot of money coming from small sources. But it didn't do enough. It made mistakes. I don't know if it was, you know, just pure just mistakes you didn't think about it or or if they just erred in some way that just you know they didn't anticipate. You know, they it's maybe they didn't realize how more how important I don't know if you call that a mistake or just being ignorant of, of the facts of the presidential election. I don't know how you can be ignorant of the fact of how important the South is after 2008. You know, Bernie Sanders, had he just, again, I talked about this, you know, last show or two ago as well. If he would have just won maybe 10 or 20% more in each of the Southern states, he didn't have to win any of them. If he could have gained his, his gained the amount of delegates that he won in those states, he could be in a possession position of, you know, of being able to actually try and claim this convention out from under Hillary, but he didn't. You know, it was a responsibility. You know, another problem, you know, they're trying not to complain about the fact that, you know, independent voters can't vote. This whole thing, I'm an independent voter. Why should I pay taxes? I'm getting taxation without representation because some of these party primaries are being paid for and, and they, and by tax dollars and they can't, and, and I shouldn't be paying the tax dollars of a political party when I can't vote in it. No. You had every opportunity to vote in the Democratic primary in states with closed primaries. A state with an open primary, you have every right to vote in the Democratic primary as an independent. It's fine. But the Democratic Party in those states should be absolutely free to dictate whether or not they feel that they should allow Democrat or independent voters to vote or not. You're not being disenfranchised because you you made the decision to be independent and as such not have a say in a Democratic primary in a closed state. It's ridiculous. You made the choice to remain an independent voter. If you made that choice, it's your fault that you didn't get to vote in the primaries. It's as simple as that. Bernie said there's I don't believe there's a single state out there that says that you had to register to be a Democrat before Bernie's campaign announcement to be qualified to vote as a Democrat in this primary, in these primaries. New York was the longest that I'm aware of. There might be others that I'm not aware of, but New York was the longest span. It was like maybe five or seven months that you had to be a registered Democrat in order for you to vote in that election. Well, guess what? That's, well after Bernie Sanders announced his campaign. So the idea that you're somehow being disfranchised is false. Now, if you wrongly had your vote purged, that's another thing. And you were disenfranchised if you wrongly had your vote purged. But there's no evidence that has been presented uh, to show that any one of the Democratic campaigns benefited over the other Democratic campaign. If I would guess anything, I would say that it's more likely that Hillary Clinton was probably hurt more than Bernie Sanders with those removed people from the voting lists because she did better in the city. He did well in the counties outside, which is weird. But that's how it went. So Bernie Sanders' campaign 
did not make the effort, enough of an effort, to make sure that, uh, you know, that they did enough outreach to say, look, you're an independent voter. If you want the opportunity to vote for Bernie Sanders in a Democratic primary and you live in these states, you better go register as a Democrat now. Because if you do not, you're not going to be able to have your say. So the fact that they ignored the South is one reason Bernie Sanders is losing this primary. The fact that they didn't get independents registered as Democrats in the face that they needed to be registered in Democrats as is another reason Bernie Sanders is losing the campaign. They haven't gone out and convinced enough people that Bernie Sanders is the better candidate is another reason why Bernie Sanders is losing this campaign. But there's one other reason. You know, that, that's all the reasons how, how, you know, that Bernie Sanders supporters, you know, and so they, should, they should stop trying to say that there's some great, big, great, grand conspiracy that's preventing Bernie Sanders from winning. That's not the case. There's not a big, grand conspiracy trying to prevent Bernie Sanders from winning. Bernie Sanders did, didn't go after the South. Bernie Sanders didn't uh, inform enough voters that it, as independents, you need to go register as a Democrat if you want to have a say in this nomination process. Uh, they didn't, obviously didn't convince enough people. So that's where a lot of the blame belongs. A lot of the blame belongs with Bernie Sanders and with his supporters, and they're just unwilling to take personal responsibility. Instead, they want to blame the establishment not that I'm a huge fan of Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the least bit. I'm not. She should resign. But they want to blame the establishment over their own shortcomings. They didn't campaign well enough, and they failed. And what was it? So Game of Thrones quote, Rhaegar fought bravely, Rhaegar fought nobly, and Rhaegar died. Sanders campaigned bravely, Sam, Sanders campaigned nobly, Sanders died. Sanders' campaign died. Well, Sanders didn't die. But the other thing that, that people don't give enough credit to is the fact that there are a lot of people out there that think Hillary Clinton is a better choice and they like her better. And that's a legitimate reason why she's winning. It's not about disenfranchisement. It's about a lot of people liking and wanting Hillary Clinton to be the next president of the United States of America. And if you can't, there's, if you're not going to move that, there's a little bit of subtle sexism there that's going on. If you're not going to admit that, at least that plays a big part of why Bernie Sanders is losing. Anyway, that's the end of this night's show. Uh, You can, uh, again, I'll be on the air next week, next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, um, blog, talk, radio. Um, It may be later. I'll let you know. Follow me on Twitter, at LiberalDanRadio on Twitter, just in case my kid has another game. Um, again, Facebook.com slash Liberal Band as well. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Liberal Band. Liberal Band Radio at Twitter. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. <laughs>